0: Hey, this is Paul Tomko, and you're listening to episode six of the Anti-Aging Lifestyle. Look, you only get one shot at this thing called life, and your lifestyle, the decisions you make every day, are either making you age faster or slower. Anti-aging is my passion, My goal is to give you the tools to live a long, healthy life. And of course, make sure you look good along your journey. I don't have all the answers, but I'm going to use this podcast to help find those answers so we can all live our best life. Let's get started. All right, episode six, here we go. This is my first interview that I did at Ancestral Health Symposium down in San Diego. This interview is with Dr. Jen Meyer. She has her PhD in natural medicine, and she spent over 10 years in biomedicine as a surgical assistant and nurse before she made the transition to a more natural medicine route. Uh, she has a great background in both functional and oriental medicine, so kind of a East meets West philosophy when it comes to medicine, and nutrition, and the science that combines with that. And she has also been with Sun Warrior, which uh, Sun Warrior creates, you know, plant-based products and, and protein powders, and she's been their chief formulator for the last three years. So she's involved with all of the supplements, the protein powders that Sun Warrior comes out with. Last but not least, Dr. Jen Meyer is also certified in Advanced Lab Interpretation and Analysis of Genes. So when it comes to nutrigenetics, nutrigenomics, learning how to optimize your genes based on your nutrition and supplements, there really is no better person to talk to. So without further ado, let's get this interview started. I'm joined with Dr. Jen Myers. She has a PhD in natural medicine. She's one of the speakers here, and she was uh, very kind to sit down with me and talk more about her her topic, which is primarily nutrigenetics.
1: That's correct, nutrigenetics.
0: yeah, Dr. give us a little background on yourself and and what is nutrigenetics?
1: What is nutrigenetics? Nutrigenetics is, is awesome. So it's 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 pretty much learning how your genes react to nutrition and nutritional supplementation. Okay. So we're looking at biochemical pathways and trying to figure out what is going to be best absorbed, best used, and best metabolized by your body to help you thrive at a more optimal level when it comes to supplementation and food as well. So my background actually started off in biomedicine. I was a surgical assistant and nurse oh, wow. uh, for 10 years and uh, decided to go pre-med. So I went to all my pre-med stuff and said, I'm going to be a surgeon. Mm. And then I realized the surgeons can cut out everything except cause. So I decided that wasn't what I wanted to do. <laughs> I wanted to start to get to root cause of problems and help people on a, on a more uh,
0: proactive, yeah,
1: preventative and proactive preventative, level. Yeah. Uh, So I found, of course, natural medicine. I became a doctor of natural medicine. I I studied functional medicine. I studied oriental medicine. And then I got into genetics and uh, became certified in advanced lab interpretation and analysis of genes. I Mm. started studying biochemical pathways. And that's where my heart just exploded with joy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. I love everything genetics. So I just really got involved. Um, did some clinical nutrition certifications as well, so it's just whatever I could learn to mm-hmm. learn more about a person as a whole yeah. and be able to help them on a more holistic level but include the science part with their genetic predispositions
0: as well. I feel like oftentimes people either do one or the other, right? They're so focused on like the science, the the data, doing their denet- their genetic testing, right. DNA testing, very scientific, or it's like the... Almost natural, homeopathic style, Correct. or Asian medicine, where it's much more herbs and natural remedies without the science. No, I like the, the
1: East me West, the ancient ancient medicine, modern science part. You combine, I think they should be conjoined. You combine the two of them, and it's amazing what you can do, and amazing what you can. How many people? How many more people you can help mm. on such a, a, a more broad level, and, and just looking at the body, not just based on. Uh, yeah, holistic, of course, is super important. I, yeah. uh, obviously, I'm going to think that. but And then being able to take the, the molecular study of the, how their cells react to things and bring that in combination. And it just, I feel like it's been the missing puzzle piece for me as a practitioner.
0: Mm. Uh, when you talked about both nutrition, the foods mm-hmm. you're eating, and also supplementation, do you see those as like equal weighted in terms of how they affect our genes? Do you recommend almost, you know, just as much supplements as you are with whole food, or are you are you pushing your, your patients to primarily get their nutrition from whole food and just fill in the holes with supplements or
1: No, I think that's a great question. I wish I could just say eat this and you'll be fine. Yeah. Unfortunately, as you know, because you know, I talked about it in the presentation, our soil depletion, our food production, everything has to be provided on such a mass level mm. and mass scale now that we can't uh, we can't get the nutrients that we used to be able to from our soil mm. um, and food preparation. Everybody's in a hurry So sustainability when it comes to just getting everything from food is almost impossible mm-hmm. So we do have to supplement and also there's particular forms of supplementation in these vitamins and minerals that Certain people can absorb and certain can't so mm. they have to take it in a nutritional supplementation way to be able to get uh, you know the, the most get the most potential out of all these nutrients so their 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 cells and their bodies can thrive
0: what are some examples of people eating certain foods that they might think they're getting the nutrients for you know prevent uh particular deficiencies but maybe they're not absorbing like they think they are so
1: if you take like uh, well the most well studied and the most popular uh genetic variant is the mthfr and that talks about uh, folic acid turning, uh, you being able to convert it into folate or, or the 5-methotetrahydrofolate to be able to be absorbed by the body. So people are eating all these foods that are high in folic acid. Which
0: is a B vitamin, Correct, right? B9,
1: okay. right? Correct. And, and so they're eating all these f- foods high and rich in folic acid and, mm. and even some in folate. Uh, your green vegetables and fruits and different things like that. But then, uh, and meats and such, you know, that they can have these great B vitamins in it but then their body's not able to take that and convert it from the inactive form mm-hmm. to the active form that mm. actually gets into the cell that can be used for energy. So supplementing mm-hmm. kind of tricks the body, kind mm. of goes through those, those that process and goes through their hiccups and tricks the body and says, here's the active form, you don't have to try to convert it yourself mm. and they can use it a lot quicker for energy.
0: So these are things that we're doing to optimize our health that necessarily our ancestors couldn't do. Correct
1: which I mean ancestor. I mean gosh they, they were healthy but their lives were pretty short Yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah it was a lot of times due to the hunter-gatherer part but uh, you know if we can I mean we're seeing that people are, are living, longer mm-hmm. living longer and living longer and not just living longer but their longevity their vitality is lasting longer as well because they are becoming more healthy and we are able to provide more of uh, uh, useful resources for them to, f- to be able to function at that higher level
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so, what do you follow a plant-based diet, or I know you mentioned that you do R&D for Sun Warrior. Yes. Is that a current thing, or was that...
1: No, I have been I have been with Sun Warrior for the past three years. Okay. Uh, I formulate all their, their supplementation and their protein powders, so anything that's come out in the last three years has been something I've had a handle on, which is awesome. I love the company. Mm-hmm. I am not plant-based. Uh, I became raw vegan for about a month to see how... A month, okay. <laughs> that's about all I could last to see what it was like for them and I did my blood work uh, before and then a baseline and then I did again after 30 days and I could see and that was without me extra supplementing or anything I just wanted to see what it was like and what their bodies would go through Mm -hmm. and I realized so many things changed for me in a negative way Uh, but even in just a month yeah in just a month so my B levels my homocysteine you know all those went down because I really wasn't able to supplement with those B vitamins and I did zero supplementation at this time okay it was just let me just eat the foods and see what I can do with the foods now yeah my my total cholesterol and LDL came down a bit because yes I do uh, eat a lot of meat so that came down my my good cholesterol stayed about the same triglycerides were about the same but um, you know there were some good changes absolutely but and these are
0: comparing just Bef- right before you started the one month, yeah, uh, blood work compared to and then one month. Days. Okay.
1: If I could have gone longer, I probably would have done it, but mm-hmm. my body was like, you need, you. S- you need a steak, woman. Yeah. <laughs> and I lost a lot of energy mm-hmm. and a lot of muscle mass too.
0: Did you track total calories or see if you were roughly the same before and after? You know
1: that I didn't do because I've never been a macro calorie counter yeah. anyway, okay. so I didn't want to start doing that because that wasn't normal for me. Okay. So, no, I didn't count calories, and I probably should have, but um, I tried to consume enough. I intermittent fast, I always have. Okay. I love intermittent fasting, so I continued that um, and, and just tried to to eat enough fruits and vegetables during a day, but the problem is, is my body doesn't handle the fruits very well, mm. so I, I, I just didn't feel well. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel well, I didn't have as much energy, I didn't have the muscle mass that I wanted. Um, and for me it wasn't it wasn't something I could do long term
0: yeah and that's a big part the the for me part of it yes finding out what works for you exactly um I too I mean I have, I have a background in bodybuilding mm-hmm. but uh from 2016 to 2018 I went on a plant-based whole food uh diet as well so
1: you've did for two years I did it that's for awesome.
0: two years yeah and uh I was really trying to make it happen like I thought based on the research I was looking at that it was going to be the best for my health Mm -hmm. at the time and um, I just really wanted to make it happen. And I was very stubborn. I mean, I was working out just like normal. I was making sure my calorie intake was the same, macronutrient breakdown was roughly the same. Oh,
1: so you really got into it. That's great. Yeah.
0: I didn't do the blood work though, which I, 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 that was a big missing component that I wish I did have. Um, But after two years, it wasn't an immediate decline. I would say it was like a gradual, at first I felt great. But it was a gradual decline where I lost over two years about 15% strength and size mm-hmm. across the board while trying to not lose. Like I was trying to gain. Right. And right. it was just like I was trying, trying my best, but it was almost like my body was slowly withering away, even though I was eating a ton of food I mean, over 5,000 calories a day. Like wow. I, I wasn't calorie restricted or Yeah, anything. restricted at mm-hmm. all. Um, And then it was kind of random. I went home for the holidays over Christmas. My mom said I was getting really skinny. She gave me like three ounces of chicken, (laughs) basically force fed it almost, you know? And I ate it and like the next day when I worked out, it was like night and day.
1: Yeah, your strength was back, power was back. Yeah, it was
0: like, what is this, you know? It blew my mind.
1: And some people do really, really well. Uh, And I I don't ever knock, because obviously I I formulate for the uh, (laughs) vegan plant-based protein company, but um, it just helped me learn how I could better help them when I formulate for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was—it was actually probably one of the best things instead of just going and saying, "Okay, I'm going to formulate for you," and just, oh, "I guess we could use a little bit of this, a little bit of that." No, I could actually figure out what. And, and, and again, it's this isn't precision medicine because they are precision formulating because it is for you know direct consumer as a whole. Mm-hmm. So uh, of course, I can't say that one person is going to do better than myself, but. It did help me understand how, as a whole, I can help them and Mm -hmm. I can formulate for them to give them things that are going to help, you know, kind of create a healthier lifestyle because it's like with any kind of diet or nutrition, you can do it right and you can do it wrong. Mm. You know, I know vegans that go home and say, well, I can eat uh, Eggo waffles and Oreos because right. that's vegan. French you know? fries and I, beer. Exactly. <laughs> french fries and beer, as I was saying yesterday. Right, so I can have all these things because they're vegan. Yeah. Um, but then you have ones that are really, really, and that's mainly everybody at Sun Warrior that eat really, really healthy mm-hmm. and try really hard and supplement properly, but you do have to work for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was plant based whole I never said vegan because that's like a whole lifestyle and everything yes. else, but I was plant based whole food, trying to do as healthy as possible, taking my B12 sublingual tablets, you know. Oh, good. The, Cyanocobalamin, like I was doing.
1: Oh, you were taking cyanocobalamin? That's where you were doing it wrong.
0: I I should have used methyl or what?
1: Methyl, yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, we could that's, we, another topic. That's, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> but we should no talk about that briefly though. Yeah. If if you're a vegan and supplementing, I thought most of the studies were based on cyanocobalamin.
1: And they are, and that's where they're wrong, actually. Okay. So methylcobalamin is, is, especially if you have, even if you don't have the genetic variant which we're looking at, which is uh, one of them would be MTRR. I could name five of them off the top of my head that have to do with B12 absorption, but. Cyanocobalamin is usually you'll get an initial burst of energy and mm. then you pee it out because the body doesn't absorb it. It doesn't put it into the cell and drive it in uh, like it's supposed to, where the methylated form, it does do that. So it puts it into, it helps kind of get it through that penetration of that fat layer of the cell and, and, and precursor things like growth hormone, which is why it's really important for vegans too and any kind of bodybuilder to actually take methyl B12 because it precursors your growth hormone, your immune system, your RNA, your DNA. Uh, your mitochondria there's so many things that it helps with Mm. so if you're using a a cyanocobalamin it's for one yes they do note traces of cyanide in it not that I guess if you're taking it every day the exposure could get worse but uh, yeah you want the active form so that your body knows how to use it properly and it'll actually work longer term as well where cyanocobalamin will be immediate you'll have your energy and And then you're you're peeing it out
0: Mm -hmm. interesting you mentioned earlier that you do intermittent fasting. Yeah. How long have you done that, and like, what's your eating window? What have you found that w- works best for you?
1: Absolutely, I love talking about this. And how,
0: and also, how does that affect, I guess, your genetics or your genes? Do you see a?
1: That's an, another really good question. So I have been intermittent fasting for uh, three years now, okay. maybe even a little bit longer. So my window is small, and I never start my patients out this aggressive. I have a six-hour eating window. Okay. That's it. So I eat from two p.m. to eight p.m. because that works with my schedule mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, do I splurge? Of course I do every once in a while. We, we should, we can't be 100%, 100% of the time. Uh, but typically it's, it's 2 p.m. to 8 p.m., six hour window, the rest of the time I'm fasting. Um, I do have my coffee in the morning with my collagen or MCT oil powder in there. I'm not adding any sugar or anything like that. Okay. Um, and, and so some people will say that's controversial, but for me it's a brain stimulant and I'm going to take it. I yeah. still take my supplements. Yeah. Uh, some people say that's controversial, but uh, I disagree with that as well. Okay. Um, I want to feed my body and my brain something, of course. So, could people say I'm not intermittent fasting? Yeah, but I, I tend to disagree. Uh, so but from like
0: a glucose standpoint, particularly, exactly. you definitely are absolutely. Yeah. I'm
1: not breaking my glucose. I'm keeping myself, in, you know, keep myself in ketosis. That way, it's it's not a big deal. When it comes to a genetic uh, predisposition or variant to that, we look at autophagy genes. Okay. You know, autophagy is being able to clear, take out the trash, essentially, right? Yeah. So uh, rid any bacteria that's in the cell and especially in the lining of the gut. So, people who have this genetic SNP, it's the ATG16L1 SNP, Mm -hmm. if any of those people who love to talk SNPs, uh, it's based on autophagy are going to do really well with intermittent fasting. So, it's going to decrease their risk for things like type 2 diabetes, gastrointestinal disease infections. Decrease their risk. Decrease their risk Uh doing intermittent fasting Mm -hmm. if you have this variant.
0: How how, how, out of like a general population, what percentage are you talking? It's actually
1: pretty common. Most, uh, just from my patients and my clinical data that I've seen, I would say seventy percent have this. uh, There's there's two uh, variants of this Mm SNP. Either have one or both. Okay. Uh, So and and I have it, so I've realized that intermittent fasting is going to work quite well for me, and it does. And I feel great. I don't. I have more energy than I've ever had. Somebody says. Man, I wish I could. I, I've never met anybody who does who has too much energy, and I'm raising my hand going, actually, that's me. It's <laughs> constant. Yeah. I'm uh, you know, up at 5 a.m. I'm constantly working all day. I go to the gym at night every single night. I'm in bed by midnight. I'm up again at 5 a.m. Five hours, six hours max, and I'm, I, I'm good to go. Never felt like that in my entire life until I looked at my <coughs> genetics yeah. and, and, and started doing intermittent fasting based off the knowledge of knowing I'm going to enhance my autophagy.
0: And when you mention autophagy, so that's basically uh, damaged cells, yes. cells that are dead and exactly. just clearing it out of the system. So yep. how does intermittent fasting help with that? Is it because you don't have that constant influx of nutrition, nutrients, so you have to break down those cells for energy when exactly. you're fasting? Exactly. Okay. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's but when you say
1: t- t- autophagy, most people have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's great that you do, that's right. So yeah, you're giving your body a break, mm. essentially, especially your gastrointestinal system. It doesn't have to worry about breaking down nutrients, absorbing it, going into the small intestine, and dispersing it, putting it into the cell, using all the energy. It actually can use its energy to clear out, uh, clean house mm. essentially is what I say. You're, you're gonna actually be able to get rid of the dead cells. You're gonna be able to rejuvenate those those fresh young cells. It's gonna be great for mitochondria and stuff as well. So uh, it actually just kind of gives the body a, a chance to reset. Mm. Just
0: to reset. Have you? Is there any research that compares like the the daily intermittent fasting, doing a you know six or eight hour eating window versus taking an entire day off of eating? That some people do like once a week, there, once a month. There
1: is. I've seen research. Um, I
0: guess the question is how quickly do the dead cells and damaged cells build up, where clearing it out is maybe recommended?
1: So some people um, can't handle long-term fasting, whether it's 24, 48, 72, you know, whatever the, the hours it's, are that it's they do. Yeah. It's, it's tough mentally. Yeah. I mean, even when I went into intermittent fasting, I was like, I can't eat breakfast. Mm. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Mm. I'm not going to be able to think straight. I'm going to get a headache. Mm. You know, I thought all these terrible things were going to happen and then realized, you know what, I'm going to be okay. You know, yeah. food's there. It's not going anywhere. If I really feel the need, my blood sugars have been more stable. My insulin level has been more stable than ever uh, since doing this. so And I have a history of hypoglycemia. So Mm -hmm. for me to be able to do this, being hypoglycemic has been great. But there are studies out there that show um, that that the sporadic, more sporadic intermittent fasting or what they kind of sometimes call it as caloric restriction. Mm -hmm. I don't like the word restriction ever because it makes people think they can't have something. Mm. So I I don't use that word. But uh, they do say that, that caloric restriction actually... Uh, per studies, is, is does give enough time for the body to be able to, to reset and to, to do what it needs to do. Do long term fastings work a little bit better? Yeah, but I wouldn't do it all the time. And yeah. fasting, you can sustain it. You can do it daily, where you can't constantly be uh, doing long term fasting. Most people can't, at least. Yeah. They, uh, once a month, maybe, but to tell somebody, okay, you have to fast for 24 to 72 hours once a week, that's tough. Yeah. That's and tough.
0: I remember—I uh, forget who came out with the researcher was talking about it, but they're saying um, even doing it five days out of the week, five out of seven days, yeah. you're still getting, getting a ton of the benefit. Absolutely, it's not something that you—I mean, you can cheat on your intermittent fasting you a couple of times a week and still get huge benefits. Yeah, so it's not an all-or-nothing thing.
1: No, when you don't have to do, I chose, so I started off, and this is how I tell patients, I started off with just a couple days a week, Mm. uh, and I started off with a a 12-hour window, Mm -hmm. and then I became, you know, and then it was a 10-hour window, and then an 8-hour window, and then I got to 6, and then I thought, you know what, a couple days a week isn't enough. I want to feel better longer. Yeah. All right, let me do the work week and Mm -hmm. see how I do, okay? During the week, I'm doing it, you know, routine, going to work and stuff anyway. It made it easy. But then I realized on the weekends I felt worse than what I did during the week because mm-hmm. I was getting up and I was eating breakfast and this kind of thing. So I thought, okay, let me drag it through. Yeah. So then I started doing it seven days a week and it's just, um, if I want to go to breakfast sometime, I do it. it. It doesn't have to be super restrictive, but I just feel better all the time now. So mm-hmm. I just do it seven days a week.
0: Um, has your family kind of gone on board with that or they do yeah, they, do it yeah, with you or
1: no <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay yeah um and, and it's okay but um it, for me being a super disciplined person yeah it, it just makes it easy and, and it does take and there's, there are some people that have to have their whole entire family on board with this yeah and able to be able you know to be able to do it but not not so much. There's a lot of patients of mine that can do this. They're feeding their children breakfast, and they just they just don't eat anything, and yeah. it's, it works out well for them. So, I don't think you you have to have the support, but it, there are some people who aren't very disciplined who may need it. Yeah.
0: Okay. And now, in terms of just overall health, mm-hmm. what are some big like genetic tests that people should be doing and looking for? Just assuming someone knows nothing, maybe they hear you know 23andMe or yeah. Ancestry.com or something and they're interested in maybe doing genetic testing to get more data about their health, mm-hmm. where should they go, where should they look, and what's, what numbers, what what are they looking at here?
1: Well, it kind of depends, right, on, on what they want to get out of it. Uh, if they want to do just uh, you know, what's, what's my culture background, what's my ancestral background, then yeah, you can do such an ancestry.com type testing. But uh, I, I usually typically don't recommend 23andMe, mainly because when I'm looking at genetics, I'm not looking at disease-based. Okay. I'm looking at more of how, how the biochemistry of your body is, is working and where your hiccups and your variants are within that. So looking at things like uh, you know methylation, those B vitamins, your neurotransmitters, which have a lot to do with uh, stress and anxiety and depression, things like that. Um, your mitochondria, which is of course cellular energy. Uh, and, and the process you know, prior to anything that we do throughout the day. Detoxification, how you detoxify from things that you're constantly exposed to. Um, your infl- inflammatory and immune response, is it aggressive? Uh, do we need to more stabilize your immune system and your inflammatory response? Um, and, and also the exogenous things, like do you need probiotics? Do you uh, need help with autophagy? You know? So do you not break down histamines well? So that's what I'm looking at, Instead of 23andMe is, is a great test for people who just want a little bit of basic knowledge on what their genetic predispositions are maybe some culture stuff but when it comes to being proactive and Mm preventive preventative i I would not use that test myself and then also i always tell people be really careful when you're reading those consent forms yeah because a lot of times they use the data that they have outside of their own personal software Mm -hmm. for research if you're okay with that great if you're not look for a company where maybe they're just Keeping your data, your personal DNA—that's that's, that's as, as, you know as private I think as you can get when yeah. it comes to you, who you are—might mm. um, want to keep that more personable. So I would find a practitioner uh, who does kind of this sort of nutrigenomics neutrogenetic nutrigenetic testing, um, and there are companies online that you can get involved with that that do this uh, DNA type testing and then even formulate customized DNA supplementation based off your variants. Okay. i have to be i happen to be the chief genomics officer for one of these companies <laughs> uh, so there there are companies out there that do that where you can do more direct to consumer if you don't want to find a practitioner
0: okay and then if you are looking for a practitioner that can help you with this you're mm-hmm. looking for uh what what kind of more
1: kind of like a nutrigenetics nutrigenomics Nutri-genomic.
0: specialist genomic okay and then when they're looking at they do blood work for you oh yeah are, are there certain things that this this is an indicator that you can't methylize B vitamins well. Absolutely. This is your mitochondria function here. Does it break down that simply, or is it more an art form that they're analyzing something for you
1: within blood work? You mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yes, there are definitely tests that we can use. Um, I always tell people to look for an RBC. Uh, so that's Red blood yes. Okay. So you're looking more into the cell versus just into the bloodstream. Okay. Uh, you want to look at a B12 level, of course. Homocysteine. Homocysteine measures how your body can break down and use those B vitamins. If it's too high, um, then we need to work on your methylation process or look at your genetic predisposition for not being able to methylate those B vitamins properly, which. Why is that important to you? Because that's the precursor to your RNA and DNA. Yeah. It's a precursor to your mitochondria. Energy, it yeah. it, it feeds growth hormone. It feeds your immune system, mm. um, how you uh, absorb your micro and your macronutrients. So there's so much involved with these Uh, Methylation process, everybody thinks it's just B vitamins, and that's not the case. Mm. Uh, So, yeah, there definitely are a lot of tests that we can do, blood work especially, that we can look and gauge how that's... Just because it's there genetically and you're predisposed doesn't mean you're gonna have to... It's gonna be a problem for you. So that's why the blood work kind of confirms. You know, doing the genetic testing shows me your blueprint doing the 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 lab you know show me a snapshot of what's going on with you currently and then speaking to the person also helps with Mm. their symptoms they'll tell you everything you need to know if you just listen to them
0: Mm -hmm. this definitely seems like uh you need some guy i mean for most people i feel like they'd be overwhelmed trying to figure this out all on their own because it's it's so complicated and so scientific but uh it's good data though if you can get it for sure.
1: Oh absolutely and it just kind of helps and if you need someone to help you interpret it find them absolutely because there are people like myself that love doing that that have stepped out of the the realm of of biomedicine and standard medicine and seeing 40, 50, 60 patients a day down to seeing anywhere between 10 20 at the most because we're spending half an hour to an hour with each of our patients. So there are people out there if you need help with interpretation um, yeah you just gotta find them.
0: And from a new genetic standpoint, what's kind of your your summary of your dietary recommendations that you have most cl- most clients?
1: Uh, well it depends. Okay, so that's always depends. my answer. Does this work for mm. everybody? Well mm. it depends mm. because it is so personalized and it is based what what I would recommend for you to eat is not going to be the same as me and it's not just because male-female, it's also because your genetic Uh, predispositions and your biochemistry is going to be different than mine Mm. so it's it's nice to be able to like I said take everything into consideration like I was saying during my presentation your lifestyle your uh, triggering events uh, you know life events that have happened your sleep your uh, family history what you eat I want to know what you eat for breakfast lunch and dinner so Mm. it's really an in-depth procedure everybody's like oh you know can I take this vitamin depends, is always my answer, you know, let me look at your genetic predispositions, look at your blood work, let's talk and let's see what's going to be best for you. Mm. Some people can go paleo and do great. Mm -hmm. Some people can go keto and do great, but there's some genetic variants that can cause some of us not to be able to handle those diets very Mm. well. So then we just have to make alterations and and make it more personalized for you.
0: Um, Is there anything across the board that's kind of, that can apply to everyone? any um, kind of uh whole foods healthy,
1: <laughs> healthy whole foods healthy whole foods stay on the outside of the grocery store yeah, you shopping know the don't, perimeter. don't exactly don't go in the middle and eat processed foods um, added sugars flavors all those things are they're not going to be good for anybody okay. you eat whole foods if whether it's it's plant based or or you're going more paleo and you add the meats in if you're doing grass fed meat um, if you're eating organic fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. um, you're you're gonna feel good for the most part. So we might have to tweak some things, but I think that just doing a whole food uh, lifestyle and, and, and nutrition is just gonna be best for everybody. Uh,
0: in terms of toxins that are potentially doing damage to your DNA, your genetics, uh, your genes, I suppose. Mm-hmm. What are some big ones? I mean, there's there's water toxic, I guess. Fluoride. <laughs> fluoride. <laughs> right? There's there's uh, the medication. air that we're breathing, right? right. So. T- talk about water real quick
1: yeah so industrial uh, you know carcinogens exogenous estrogens all these things heavy metals uh, fluoride uh, medications birth control things that are in our water Mm. um, you know of course and and the whole issue with with plastic and water bottles um, and going from hot to cold and and leaching yes absolutely and the whole um, estrogen you know dominance that's happening in our world it's Mm. like we heard it a doctor talk about low testosterone, I see so much low testosterone in men Mm. and elevated estrogen. Mm. So, something's, something's off. But yeah, if we could Filter our water, Mm -hmm. you know, at home. They've got these great systems nowadays. You don't have to do reverse osmosis. You don't have to have this big, huge system. Buy a Berkey or ProPure. I don't have any any correlation with these companies. I'm just listing off names. But
0: the charcoal filter stuff, right? right. You want to
1: pull stuff out, and you can always add back in minerals. There's Mm. trace minerals. In fact, at Sunwire, we have trace minerals. You can add it back into your water, so it's at least you're getting the minerals, but you're taking out the fluoride and the things that are toxic and and, and cytotoxic and genotoxic and are just going to really uh, die off in our you know or kill our cells and, and damage our genetics and, mm. and and cause us to be sick.
0: So water quality is huge. Water quality is huge. And in terms of yes. air quality, what are well, some big things?
1: So that's tough, right? I mean, we all have to go outside. We all have to take a deep breath. We all are exposed to us females when we're using hairsprays and lotions. And and even with men, you're using hair products and things. So we're constantly exposed to these Mm. airborne toxins.
0: It's a balance of like living your life without freaking out all the time. It is.
1: And you can't live in a bubble. I have people that get so super obsessed about stuff. And I just have to tell them, don't don't do that. Let's just keep you as healthy as possible. And that's why understanding their genetic... A predisposition to being able to detoxify properly is important because mm. if I know they can't, then I can go in and help their bodies do that, so they can still. You know, women are beard they want to be pretty. They want to use hairspray and stuff. Let's find one that's less toxic for okay. one. I think we, we found out in research that women put on over 150 chemicals just getting ready in the morning.
0: That's crazy. That's
1: makeup, that's lotions, that's soaps, that's shampoos, that's, I mean, all these different things that we're using. Yeah, it's insane. Um, and yeah. to tell somebody, guess what? You have to go, oh, natural. These <laughs> women are like, absolutely not. Right.
0: Uh,
1: I don't know. I won't do it, so I can't tell my patients to do it. Yeah. So it's just finding balance, like you said, finding balance and everything, and also just making sure that we can give our bodies the right nutrients it needs to be able to dehydrate help us detoxify daily mm-hmm.
0: do you recommend I mean we spend ideally a third of our lives in our bedroom sleeping do you have do you recommend some kind of air purifier or anything that I can do. help yeah
1: I think um, I don't have a particular one that I like I always tell people to do their their research on it find one that's cost-effective for you and also that you know is, is going to be uh, safer better you know it, actually getting rid of the toxins in the air um, changing air filters in the home is a big thing. I mean, how many people forget to change their air filters? And you walk by one day, and you're like, "Ooh, that thing's loaded with mm, stuff." Mm. Uh, mold is an is an issue as well. So if you live in uh, places like, well, wonderful San Diego here, um, or even I lived in Florida prior. More it's not humid. dry; it's more humid, more mm-hmm. rainforesty. Right. Make sure that you're uh, testing for molds and things like that as well, because that can cause a lot of problems and a lot of people. Uh, and damage a lot of cells and a lot of genes. But um, yeah, just kind of trying your best to keep uh, using products at your home that are less toxic, those more natural products, using things like vinegar and stuff like that to clean. Uh, is always good i always tell people to you know make sure you're dusting especially your fans Mm -hmm. Uh, you know keeping keeping the electronics out of the bedroom if possible Mm -hmm. Uh, turning your cell phones off at night kind of to avoid that emf exposure Uh, they have timers now where they shut wi-fi ever and everything off in the house so you can get one of those to to be able to to help decrease our emf exposure um, but otherwise yeah just it it is tough and you can't be gosh there's so many people I know that try to be over-aggressive with it and then they live their life in like utter panic Right, and, yeah. that's not and that's
0: not worth it. That's not what we want. Yeah. Do our best, because then stress goes up, cortisol exactly. goes up, life life goes down, <laughs> life expectancy goes down. Exactly,
1: <laughs> and then you're gaining weight. You don't understand why. because You're hoarding cortisol, and all these issues happen. Exactly. So it's it's more about creating balance and understanding that you know what I can't be a hundred percent all the time. Do what you can. Do what you can. Yeah. hit the But big. also just make sure that you're eating properly, taking the proper nutrients, drinking plenty of water, sleeping as well as you can, and you. You you know, you're going to decrease your risk of predispositions and disease by a significant amount just from those things.
0: Yeah. Uh, Quickly on on the spores, is there any way to to check for mold spores? Do you have any way to...
1: So they do have people that will come in and check for that um, in your home. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's too expensive. I think a lot of places will come in and just kind of look if you think that there's a possibility for it. I've had to have it done as well. Uh, there's also, uh, within yourself, they have live blood analysis now. They have people that can go in, draw live blood, look under the microscope, and see if you're exposed to any kind of molds or toxins. We can also do it through blood work as well. We can test and see if there's been any, any antibodies or any kind of mold exposure. So we can look for those things, absolutely. But um, And then we find out that that's the case. We work on your detoxification. Uh, we can use IV vitamins and minerals, glutathione, NAC, things like that, to help kind of rid these uh, mold exposures if it's in your home well that's a different story
0: so ideally I guess in your home uh, you don't want to have your relative humidity above what maybe 60 or 70% what, where's the point where you start really encouraging that mold growth
1: that's a good question. I actually don't remember the exact percentage based off research, maybe because I've moved to the desert now. Because if and it's like too
0: dry, it's not good for exactly. your skin, it's not good for your, even sinus, I, I would guess, it
1: Dries it out. Right? Um, have too high, mm-hmm. might
0: be great for your skin, but then you start to promote mold growth and spores, Correct. which Bacteria, is unhealthy, fung- oh, so there, they all there, love that, there has to so. be a middle range. And there Somewhere is, there. and
1: it is, it is like you said. It's gosh, if we start really honing in on everything like that, we're gonna drive ourselves crazy. Yeah. So it's just finding that, and you said it best: doing what you can, finding that middle ground.
0: And then just relax and enjoy and life. Just relaxing, <laughs>
1: and enjoy life. Eat your chocolate cake every once in a while if you have to. <laughs> That's right. Have your beer and uh, whatever else you said: beer and pizza or whatever every once in a while if you have to. Uh, but there, there has to be, there has to be balance. Yeah. There has to be.
0: Cool. Well, is there anything else that you want the audience to know about just eating or your, your nutrition for your genes, yeah, staying healthy? Yeah.
1: There's, there's a lot that's being innovative in science, innovating, going on, happening, uh, that we are influencing, changing. I'm, I'm really big in, in, in the whole genomics field and being able to take your DNA and formulate customized supplementation based off that. Mm. I'm looking forward to where that's going. Um, but yeah, mostly you know, the people what I tell people is self-care. Take mm-hmm. care of yourself. It's not selfish. It's mm-hmm. selfish maybe, but it's it, I actually think it's selfless because if you can't pour from an empty cup, yeah. So make sure you take care of yourself. Make sure you eat whole foods, uh, organic, uh, grass-fed, uh, you know, whatever that means for you. Drink, hydrate, drink, you know, half your weight in ounces and water every high day. High quality water, yeah. Absolutely, high quality water, exactly. Uh, stay away from plastics. You know, mm. use the this, this stainless steel cups or, or glass. I carry water around in mason jars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, so drink from glass or, or s- something that's BPA-free, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, filter your water at home. They even have these glass uh, jugs that you can, instead of the plastic ones that you can get for water coolers now. so you can store it and, and try to be just those little teeny tiny things are and all of them combined are gonna make a Company huge effects. difference. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A huge difference in your overall health and wellness. Try to stay from cleaning products and and personal uh, hygiene products that are less toxic. Um, bed Bath and Beyond, or, or Bath and Body Works, whatever it's Victoria's Secret—all that smells great, <laughs> but it's kind of toxic for your body. Try no. to stay away from it, mm. uh, and just use more essential oils and things like that as well. So if you can just little things, it sounds like it adds up to a lot, and it does. But those little teeny tiny things add up, and, and we can try to to be as healthy as possible and thrive at that level. We all want to.
0: And one of the best things I think people can do is, you know, pick a couple things and yeah. focus on that first add that to your routine your habitual routine until it becomes normal and then add more right exactly otherwise you can go go into this overwhelm phase where you're trying to do this there's 200 steps I just learned. I'm yes. going to apply them all, otherwise I'm going to die tomorrow. You know? And then they and become
1: doomsayer people, yeah. you know, and they're like in bunkers and stuff and hiding from the world, and, and that's not healthy either. Uh, it's like with exercise. There's a, there's a happy medium to all of that. If you are if you're exercise excessively, your body's not going to be able to recover. You're not going to do well. If you don't exercise enough, your, your body's not going to be healthy. So there's this, always this middle ground, and that's with everything. Moderation is key sleep even sleep even you can (laughs) sleep too much and you can sleep not enough so everything in moderation
0: yeah awesome well thank you so much for your time thanks paul appreciate it dr jen myers everyone thank you so much thank you all right i hope you enjoyed that interview as much as i did just to kind of recap we talked about a lot and obviously nutrigenetics nutrigenomics it's it's a very complicated topic right it's it's very there's so many moving variables and you know I was trying to get her to to break down like uh the most optimal nutrition or supplementation and like she said it depends it really depends on the individual and it has to be a very individualized approach but during the interview we talked about why food intake may not be enough why you need a supplement with with other things uh, why your food may not be absorbed optimally by your body. She gives a uh, the example of the B vitamins. She talked about her own experience being a raw vegan for a month and some of the blood work and some of the changes that she went through. We talk about intermittent fasting and her eating window, the different types of eating windows that you can do and the benefits to your body. I thought it was super interesting that you know she was hypoglycemic, meaning she normally has low blood sugar levels, but by doing the intermittent fasting and eating in a six-hour window, which you know, I guess common sense in a in a way would would make you think that she would not do well on intermittent fasting, being hypoglycemic, but she actually is doing better. Her her glucose levels, her blood sugar levels, her insulin levels are actually more stable now than ever before. We talk about B twelve and different supplements that vegans take and why Uh, Methylcobalamin may be uh, much more effective than cyanocobalamin. I wish I would have known that when I was doing my two years of plant-based whole food. (laughs) Uh, We talk about why 23andMe may not be your best bet if you're looking for actually optimizing your body's biochemistry. We talk about nutrigenetics, nutrigenomics, and working with a specialist that can actually look into your lifestyle, your family history, your genetic predispositions, and also just stressful life events that may have shaped you at a genomic level that you didn't even know about without tests. And we kind of touch on at the end of the episode, water quality, water filters, air quality, air filters, etc. Other kind of environmental toxins and factors that can affect your genetics. But yeah, we covered a ton, lots of great information and tidbits, and I hope you enjoyed it. That's it for episode six. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Again, if you get a chance, please, please leave a review for me on iTunes. It really helps spread the show. Now stay tuned for Tomco tip number six, where I talk about the true importance of making honest connections with people. Today's Tomco tip is on the importance of making honest connections with people. I mean, we live in a world with social media, with technology improving all the time. Where we're more connected than ever before with each other. But at the same time, if you go walk outside, look out your window. If you're driving and you're stopped at a stoplight, look at the people in the cars next to you. What are the most people are looking down at their phones, looking in their laps staring at their phones at all times and it's it's crazy you know one video that moved me a lot about five years ago was by a guy named Gary Turk and he has a YouTube video it's called look up and basically just goes over this problem of people always looking down at their phones and potentially missing connections that can lead to you know finding the love of their life or just making honest connections that change their life in a beneficial way you know, back when I worked in D.C. Um, years ago, because I worked in a, a military facility, they didn't allow smartphones in the building. You had to leave them in your car because of security concerns. And honestly, we made, we were so productive in meetings and connecting with each other, and really moving the mission forward because we left our smartphones in the car. We, all we had, all we had time for, and all we did all day was just making effective meetings and getting things done. It was amazing. So my message to you is work on making those honest connections with people. When you're spending time with someone, I get it. You know, the smartphone gives you a lot of tools and a lot of ability. But make sure you're not neglecting the people that are around you that are physically right next to you. Because this podcast is all about living a long, healthy life so that you have as many quality years as possible to enjoy this life with. But what's the point of living a long and healthy life? If you're not enjoying and making honest connections and making memories with the people that mean the most to you and finding those people, you have to be present. You have to be aware of your surroundings to even find those people and bring them into your life. So be a light, be a light that shines in this world. Uplift others that you talk to, you know, make them smile, laugh with people. Honestly, get to know the people that you work with, that you spend time with all the time. Not just that surface level crap that people always talk about or post on social media. But really, really try to get to know them, you know, and try to get them out of their fear. Because we're all so fearful all the time of being judged because of social media. And when you get someone to step out from behind their fears and really let their beauty shine in this world, it's amazing what can be accomplished when we are proud and unafraid of who we are. So that's it for today. Thank you again for listening. Love you guys.